I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. In a recent episode, I spoke about the importance of having something in your life as a parent that sparks joy for you and the value in investing in your own joy and desire. The subject also arose in a recent question to my weekly parenting slot on News Talk FM about a child who didn't seem to be interested in any hobbies or extracurricular activities. And I spoke about the importance of having joy in our lives and supporting him in accessing his desire and what he could find joy in. And someone raised the topic again with me recently asking, why did I think it was so necessary that we have joy in our lives, specifically why it was necessary? The person could see, of course, why it would be nice, but struggled with the necessity of joy. Yak Panskep is a researcher into the genetics of play, and in his research, he discovered that social joy changes the brain in important ways. Further, he researched the neural effects of laughter and play in stimulating social joy and how it affected the brain in ways that could counteract psychological or emotional pain or distress. And I mean, look, beyond research, it's, I think it's always useful to know that this isn't just something nice. There is actual research behind this. But beyond Panskip's research, there are countless studies that promote both the physical and relational benefits of joy. Studies show that joyful people have less chance of having a heart attack, can maintain a healthier level of blood pressure. They tend to have lower cholesterol levels than people who do not experience joy. There's research to prove that joy boosts our immune systems, fights stress and pain, um, improves our chance of living a longer life. So joy isn't just something nice to have in our lives. It truly is an essential component to staying well, both physically and mentally. In a previous episode, I mentioned how I hoped our children would return to school and be submerged into playful um, playfulness, uh, opportunities for shared joy and reconnection. That was my hope because the last two years have been immensely challenging and stressful. And the best way to rebalance a stressed brain is to spotlight joy. And I really hope that features for our young people as they return to school. And I really I say young people from our preschoolers right the way up to our leaving certs and those making the transition to third level study as well. However, joy doesn't just come to us. It is grown and it is nurtured in us from early childhood, ideally. In order for any of us to enjoy life, to enjoy others, we have to have experienced being enjoyed by others. I'm writing a new book at the moment. It will come next year. Um, but within that book, this is something that I'm writing quite a lot about and thinking quite a lot about this whole idea of joy and joyfulness. And shared joy is the route to a joyous life. Now, pause here for a moment. And again, once I ask you the question, if you need to take a, m a minute or two to come up with an answer, just pause the episode at this point and really give yourself the space to, to think about this. But what I want to ask you, what I want you to answer is, who enjoyed you as a child? Okay. Who enjoyed you as a child? Be aware of who comes to your mind. Be aware of how long it took to bring someone to your mind. 
Are you surprised about who first came to mind? Are you happy it's that person or people if more than one came to mind? Who did you wish it was? How did you know that you were enjoyed? How were you aware that somebody was enjoying you, in other words? Can you recall a moment or a memory of shared joy between you and that person? And bring that moment or memory to you in as much detail as you can and just run through it again. So like I said, feel free to pause at this stage and really do that exercise. Okay, and once you have, switch your mind to the question, who do you enjoy? Do they feel enjoyed by you? How do you know that? Where do you see it? What is the evidence that they know they're enjoyed by you? And I don't mean that you buy them lots of things. That's not what joy is about. It's a feeling, an internal feeling. What opportunities for shared joy with this person do you pursue? This might be your children, your partner, your siblings, your whoever it is in your life. And it isn't just one person. You can repeat this with lots of people in mind. Be aware of how it even feels to recall all of this. If this is a struggle for you, do you see evidence of this struggle in your life right now? Relationships with your partner, children, family, friends, maybe colleagues? Do you seek out and practice joy or would you want to? Is that something you would want to do? I've spoken on here before about the importance and value of developing and maintaining a playful state of mind. And this joy practice is a key part of nurturing and developing a playful state of mind. The absence of joy in our lives will wreak havoc across our physical, social, emotional and relational well-being. But because it is a practice, you can choose joy. You can flex those untoned joy muscles and build strength and flexibility and adaptability because after all, that's what play fuels in our lives. Choose joy, consciously choose it and come on board in the pursuit of a playful state of mind while you're at it. This means taking a chance. This may even mean pushing yourself a little outside of your own comfort zone, challenging yourself in a playful way. So how do we consciously choose and practice joy daily? Let's start with ourselves and then we can think about how we might gift it to our children. But actually, it's really, really important that we think about it for ourselves and about ourselves first. So for us grown-ups, imagine yourself feeling joyful. If you can imagine it, it can be real. Okay, build the picture in your imagination with as many details as you possibly can. Imagine yourself in your joyful scenario. Where is it? What time of day is it? Who is there with you? What are you wearing? Is there music playing? Who are you talking to? How do you feel there? Bring that feeling into your body. Where do you hold in your body? That joy, where do you hold it? What color is that feeling if you were to imagine it having a color? What size, shape, 
texture is it? Is it light? Is it heavy? Really focus in on the color of joy as you see it within your body. Wear something of that color every day this week and recount that scenario that you've just imagined every day this week. Take the five minutes and really give it as much detail as you can. Capture the moment, however fleeting. So even a brief moment of joy you experience when your favorite song is played on your shuffled playlist, when there isn't a cue in the coffee shop, that first sip of coffee you take, when someone holds a door open for you, when the bus arrives just as you do, and you get a seat on the bus, whatever it is, capture it. Acknowledge to yourself that you feel joyful and hold that feeling consciously for 15 seconds. No moment is too small and acknowledge all of them. We have to find joy in the little things. Each day, note the thing that you are most happy or joyful about in your day and allow yourself to reflect on one thing you wish had gone differently. And now picture how you wish it had gone differently and how that would have made you feel bringing that feeling into yourself. Give someone a compliment, just somebody you pass on the street. It could be someone you know. It doesn't have to be. It could be anybody. Just something. You have a lovely smile. That color really suits you. And just watch how your words affect the other person. Without need for reciprocation, simply share in the joy they have found in your compliment. Every morning and every evening, stand in front of a mirror in your bedroom, in your bathroom, wherever it is in your home, and pay yourself a compliment. I know this is going to sound a bit twee and awkward standing talking to yourself in the mirror, or maybe like me, you frequently talk to yourself and it won't feel awkward at all. You'll be quite comfortable with it. But what I want you to do is push through that awkwardness because nobody can see or hear you, though I would argue when we relate this back to children, that allowing our children to see us stand in front of a mirror and pay ourselves a compliment out loud is good for them. So if you're comfortable doing it with witnesses, go for it. If you need privacy, do it in privacy. Whatever way works for you, just do it. Stand in front of a mirror and pay yourself a compliment every morning and every evening. Not necessarily about how you look, but about who and how you are. Compliment yourself and smile at yourself for 15 seconds, okay? Initially, that might be that you're forcing a smile, but just really keep your facial muscles pulled up into that smile and look at yourself because it will become authentic. Positively reframe your narrative. So when you hear yourself say things like, oh, I have to go to work. I have to do the laundry. I have to bring out the bins. Oh, I have to go for a run. I have to exercise, whatever it is. Reframe that to, I get to go to work. I get to exercise. I get to bring out the bins. I get to do the laundry. It doesn't change what you're doing, but gradually it will shift how you feel about doing it. Just that one small change from I have to, to I get to. No blame, no shame. Give yourself permission to make mistakes and to appreciate the learning from them. Too many of us are lying awake at night, unable to sleep while we run through every transgression and mistake of our lives and amplify those mistakes to emotionally beat ourselves with. 
Shame is stifling. Let it go. Elsa knew what she was talking about. When the blame and shame creeps up on you, hit your internal pause button and have a line that you can repeat to yourself. Just you prepare it in advance and you just say, catch yourself in that shame spiral, pause and say your line. It might be something like, I made a mistake because I am human and we all make mistakes. I learned whatever it is from this mistake. I forgive myself in the way I would forgive someone else for this mistake. And repeat that over and over and mean it, okay? And you may have to repeat it a number of times before it becomes your truth, but it is worth doing that. Just let it go. Be bored. We do not get nearly enough boredom in our lives. Boredom is that free-floating state of daytime reverie when we get to mind-wander, to imagine, to sit still and process. This is where, you know, if you're sitting on public transport, instead of scrolling through your phone, put your phone away, look out the window, invite boredom in. Out of boredom comes desire. Build space for boredom into your life. That's how you will access joy and find joy in the little things. You'll be looking out that window. You'll see a rainbow. You'll see a fluffy cloud formation that makes you think of something. You'll spot someone you haven't seen in ages and share a wave. You'll have a moment. Capture that moment. And find joyful people. Spend time with people who are joyful and who spark joy for you. Before the lockdown period, I signed up to an evening art class without, and I cannot emphasize this enough, without an ounce of artistic talent. Okay, I am not in any way gifted at art. But it was a joyous two hours each week with people who I didn't otherwise know in my life, but we came together. They were we were all there for lots of different reasons. Some of us were immensely talented. Some of us weren't talented at all. But what we did was we enjoyed the process. We enjoyed the process of the painting, of creating something, of sharing great conversation and laughs and a beverage and snack at the end of the two hours. Find joyful people that will help you spark joy within yourself. We tend to use the terms joy and happiness interchangeably, but just before I finish up on this, I did want to note that they are not the same thing. Happiness is an outward expression. It is and it tends to be an emotional response to someone or a situation outside of you. Joy is an inner feeling. It comes from within you, not outside of you. And joy endures regardless of circumstance. You know, happiness can be about a moment and we can feel happy and unhappy and the happy moment can pass and go. Joy can be constant. We can choose joy. We can nurture and develop it from within us. And joy sustains us through hardships. It enables us to connect with ourselves, to connect with others, to connect with the outside world with meaning. And joy is less transitory than happiness is and is not dependent upon external circumstances. So it is something that you can truly do of yourself, for yourself, with yourself. So invest in joy. Aim to enjoy and to allow yourself to be enjoyed. Embrace the joy of a joyful mindset. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune 
or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.